0: on a side note notice that i think my bangs have begun to grow
1: up yeah you look great mm-hmm. looking good
0: well, i wouldn't go that Did far down with
1: the, the lion on your day. birthday thank
2: you happy birthday eve
0: taps happy <laughs> birthday eve Tabitha. thank,
2: you. Tabitha. thank, Tabitha.
0: thank birthday. you
2: happy birthday okay hello and welcome to table for five with no reservations take a seat at the table for a fresh sweet salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation
3: Thank you for taking a seat at the table tonight we're on episode three of our love series and tonight we have Jamie. Hello. Tabitha. Hello. Rachel. Hey everybody. Jen. Hello. And I'm Kim McIsaac and we're going to be talking about love the woman you are not the woman you're supposed to be. I think there's a lot of pressures put on moms and women and especially special needs moms. And it's kind of like one of those things that, you know, there's this image of what everybody thinks they're going to be as a mom or what people think moms are. And then there's reality and those things don't always mesh together. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Kimmy and Jamie, I would think for you two
0: ladies, because you have your feet in two different worlds, you have it in a special needs world, and then you have your neurotypical children. So I think I've always thought that parenting is obviously different. Your everything you experience is different on both sides of that, yeah.
3: No, and for being, I mean, a woman
0: being a mom, you know what I mean? Like, it's all kind of jumbled,
3: yeah. And then it's like, you have I don't know, Jamie, you feel like this, but then uh, Amelie's a lot younger than my girls, but then it's like, you are trying to live up to kind of making up for a lot of the craziness and chaos that the kids go through in the house. So, you kind of like, I kind of threw myself into them doing activities. I mean, Kara did everything you can think of at the same time. Dance, cheerleading, um, drama. I mean, we went from this to that to this to that because I was trying so hard to, like, normalize their life and give them all these experiences despite the craziness that, you know, could be happening here. And then I feel like it's a different type of pressure, but then it's like you're trying to be like that mom and give them that experience, but, like, at the same time, that's not really... (laughs) that's not what your life is so it's like it's really hard to you try really hard to do it because you want to give them those experiences and you go through a lot of stuff you go through like you know not everybody being able to go to stuff and people being you know having to split the family at different times and I just think that's really hard I mean we worked really hard to like include Alyssa and bring her but it took also a long time to get to that point so it's a different type of pressure you have because it's kind of like with Alyssa I lost out on a lot of the, you know, the things you thought you were going to have and do. And then I have these two other girls who I can, you know, kind of get to have those experiences with. And it does, it's, it's very healing and it does fill a void. One child doesn't make up for another. Like it just doesn't work that way. I still am sad that Alyssa can't have experiences and do things, but I'm able to enjoy those things with my other children. You know, I'm able to take them to get their license and do the prom thing and you know kira graduated high school so it's you know she was a competitive dancer like i got to have all those things with her you know that Alyssa isn't able to have i think it makes a big difference on how you adjust to this life too you know Um, some people may not agree with that it's just there's so much guilt i just feel like you just emerged in guilt no matter what with that's
0: what i mean i think you mom like you've got you don't i don't I can't speak. I don't, I don't have a neurotypical child. So I don't know if you necessarily mom differently, but you're, it's just, it's just a different experience, right? The mom you thought you would be, you get to be with your, and, and I'm again, ladies, I'm not speaking for you, but we're talking about the, the women we thought we'd be should be, would be, would have but been whatever. Is, you get to be that I, mom
3: with that child, but you don't, does that make sense or is that not accurate? But, but it's like it it is, but you don't because you still, Still have the special needs child you still have right, right. their needs taking away from the other children like my kids could never have people come to the house Alyssa was autism also wasn't right. as well known then so like right. people didn't know what it was and she was unpredictable she could be volatile Absolutely. she could be not have clothes on she could just even if it's just screaming it's things that would like scare people because they don't know now I feel like there's a little more stuff about that but like and that affects them it affects them now I can see it you know they never really got to have those friendships those typical play dates and stuff like that because it just it just couldn't work so it's like you do try and I mean I'm grateful for the experiences that I had with my typical children but also feel like there are a lot of things that they weren't able to do and they couldn't do and they weren't able to experience because of having a person in the house with a disability. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just, it's what, it, I mean, she had stages where when she it was is. I mean, I couldn't have people at the house and she could, you just, we couldn't do it. You know what I mean? And then it's like, even putting Alyssa in the car, sometimes going back and forth. Like I, I couldn't be dropping the kids off and then going back and coming to get them. That's just so much. I'm very grateful that I have the two girls, you know? So it's like, they always had each other, but you do get those experiences. But it's to a point because you know what I mean, they're missing out, or like Alyssa's not fully getting what she needs. You know what I mean? And then you feel bad about that. So it's, I don't know, it's just really hard. And then with my oldest, I think I have the most guilt because he was there for the hardest part of it. You know, he was already born when all this stuff came up. Like the girls came and this was already their life. So like it was <laughs> Last, always what was a
1: couple of episodes ago, Kim, you said Alyssa
3: allowed them to stay. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> um but with him and he was little and she was really aggressive. And you know, I'd have to have him go downstairs or go in the other room. Like it was just, just to be safe. It's really hard. The guilt is really hard. Like I still feel guilty about it. And he's gonna be 30 years old for crying out loud. I still feel bad. It's just triple the guilt as
2: I think what it comes down to. And I think for me, obviously my daughter is a lot younger. She's only three. Um, and my son is young, and also we like had COVID in the middle there, so it's not like we've been able to. But I kind of have done the same thing as Kimmy, where it's like I've it's like she's already done gymnastics, she's in soccer. I don't, and I don't feel like I'm like making up for anything. I feel like I wanted to do this with Jesse, and we attempted to, it just didn't work out. But I think as a mom, like there's a lot of different perspectives on it, because for you guys who just have special needs children, I think Tabitha said this one, like she only has to parent one way that way is really freaking hard. Like it's not easier because, you know, like by any means, because you have to parent one way, but I do have to like balance. And I'm seeing that right now as we're into three and my daughter's like growing, I'm just in that moment right now where I can already see like, okay, I need to explain to her why we lay in the bed with Jesse every night and she doesn't get that or why Mm -hmm. we do this differently and this differently and something she gets to do and he doesn't get to do. So I'm just seeing like the baseline of that. And I think also for me, I have one girl and one boy and not that necessarily like you have to have boy experiences and girl experiences, but I, it is going to be, I'm never going to get like those typical raising a boy experiences. Part of me is also like, that's okay. We get different experiences anyway, but like Kimmy was kind of saying, like, I don't get to fully be any type of mom. Like I, I can't claim to be like this perfect, like, special needs parent as people call them because that's not fully where we are like i feel like half one world half in the other world and i'm not going to be able to be fully invested in my daughter's stuff either so it's just like it's always going to be this thing where you're torn and trying to figure it out but i just think in general having a kid with special needs and especially us women who are outspoken and advocate a lot like people are like oh that's so cool that you do this i wish i could talk about this stuff as much as you were do this and it's like well i feel like i have to And I'm not great at it. I don't love doing it, but I feel like I have to for my kid, and I struggle with it all the time. And by no means, and you do a
1: damn fine job.
2: No, thank you. But like the whole crap, like God gives special children to special parents or whatever. I'm like, uh, I think God was just
1: actually God gives kids to parents, and we're all learning. I wrote a piece about
0: that actually, and I got slaughtered because religion is kind of like politics you don't talk about it and I did yeah. I was like please stop telling me a the guy, the guy said because then I you know I went I you know I'm not religious and I you know what I, I think it's great you know that people take comfort in that I want to be very clear actually, I actually have a very religious family imagine me going against the grain but in my piece I wrote and I'm, I'm very honest I'm like and I struggle with the whole God thing I'm not going to get into it but I'm like my kid suffers every day Don't tell me there's a lesson in that. Why is she having to take brunt of some lesson I'm supposed to be learning? Like, where's the where these children? There's people starving. I mean, I mean I could go on about it forever. I'm not going to. And I apologize if I offend anyone. Jamie, feel free to cut this. (laughs) Um, but that's that's how I I kind of go down that path with it, right? So yeah, Mm -hmm. Jamie, I'm with you on that.
2: Well, literally, I always say like I I am a religious person and I but I always say I'm like, I feel like that's like almost an excuse that people kind of say to you that's such like a, a bad-handed thing too yeah like I don't have no. to I'm not saying that I am asking people to help me by any means but it's like oh I don't have to invest in you because God obviously gave you this trial because you can handle it. it's like shut up like no so like, like I f- this is hard on anyone mm-hmm. you aren't born to be a parent of a disabled person it's something that happens and then you have to figure it out and there are Horrible, horrible people in the world who have children with disabilities and treat them horribly. It's not like some magic thing that only these special angels get children with disabilities. It's you rise up. But and then people say, can't. I don't
3: know how you do it. You well, know, that's what I was going to say. I feel like there's a few key terms right Your kid. that I've heard Your kid. over the 25 Your kid. years or 22 And what is up, God gives you must be special because God only gives special kids to special people. The second is I don't know how you do it. I could never do it. I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, like there's a goddamn choice choice in the matter. (laughs) Um, well yeah, and it's like and the other is like putting us on this, you know, on this pedestal, like, oh you're you're like a super mom, you know. And it's like none of those things are I know people mean well. i I don't think people mean anything bad by it, obviously, but it's like, what am I supposed to do? She's my child. I love her. I'm going to do whatever I can for her. You want me to leave her at the fire station? Because like, it's inconveniencing me. Like Jamie said, this is, it's the hand you're dealt with is what it is. And, if, and you, you make the best of the situation. You know, you make, it's hard. You go through the hard and you make the best of it. But it's like this whole thing, I feel like where people put you up on a pedestal is what's hard because it's almost like, the expectation is greater yeah like you're this special person that you know can handle this that's the other one god doesn't give you anything more than you can handle i don't know if that's true jesus Um, also uh made wine so that man knew
0: what he was doing okay and then we have the
3: crown so it's fine fine. tabitha what are your feelings on these statements (laughs) i think that
4: Expectations for women in this time frame are absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. I think that because of where we are, because of social media, because of this idea, and I am all for women's lib and we can do anything men can do and all of that. I love that. Let's go for it. It has stretched us so thin, completely thin, in that we can be working moms, we can be. Mothers who are fighting the good fight, advocates, um, Pinterest, razzle dazzle, uh, write the perfect blog, you know, not that everyone chooses to do these things, make your homemade clothes, you know, make the special Valentines, do the whole gamut of things, because hear me roar, you know, and again, I am 100% for that. But I think it puts an expectation on us to be like everyone else instead of staying in our lane of what we can be successful at. Like, oh I can't God. do all of those things that everyone can do well. And there's an imagery, painted imagery of motherhood and being a woman that you can be everything and everyone all the time. And that's not realistic. And it makes us feel less than, in my opinion. I feel, I've said this many times that mothering is the best thing in my life, period. It is also the place where I have felt the most failure. That's it. It is. And not because of my kids and not because of who my kids are, but it's because of an expectation that I can be everything for everyone. And learning to shift that idea that, yes, I'm good at a lot of things. I can write the letters, I can get insurance to pay the things I need them to pay after calling 47 times, I I am good at a lot of things. I'm not good at everything. And I can't be good at everything. So I think understanding who I am as a person has helped me put some of those feelings aside that I can't be everything. And I want to be good at the things that I'm good at. And I know that I'll, I can do very specific things for my kids I will love them to death I will look at them as if they're magnificent beautiful human beings that they are and accept them for who they are but I will not be pinteresting the freaking valentine's the night before valentine's <laughs> day because I can't you do were that. so pissed last night can't, can't she looks that. straight up at me you guys and
1: she goes there they was- punched the holes but I have to push this thing through <laughs> yeah.
0: There I buy a, everything, Tabitha. Yes, Everything's pre-made, exactly. pre-wrapped, okay.
4: pre-wrapped okay. the bag. That is okay if you are that mom because I if am. You are doing mom. the
3: Valentines at all? You're winning. You're winning. Some people don't do yes, them. You're winning. I,
4: <laughs> I really and I think because of my mindset where I am right now, I feel insecure a lot of the times in a lot of places in my life, uh, and it's not just mothering. I mean, like there's an expectation that when you hit 40, you're still supposed to be looking, putting on those fancy jeans and getting your face done and throwing the makeup on. And, you know, like there's just like crazy expectations for women in general. And it's hard, hard to walk away from those expectations of who we are supposed to be as women. Hear me roar. You know, I will say loud and proud. I'm a working mom. I've built my career. I, have had to step back from that. And that's been super hard for me. You know, um, but I can't do everything. And so you have to shift and and navigate who you are to change those ideas. So I think it's
2: bullshit. <laughs> I totally agree progress. though, because I think like how you were saying it to be like the strong feminist woman, we're supposed to be like taking over. And but the thing is we're not dropping the other things we were doing. So you feel that guilt innately. Like for me, I'm obviously not a working mom. Like I don't have a career and my plan has always been, well, I work on this, but that's not as, I'm not a lawyer for sure. (laughs) Don't don't ever ask me to be a lawyer. (laughs) Um, But like for my end, it's like, I always wanted to have a career, but I always planned with my children were little to be at home with them just from being a nanny. And I just, I just wanted to be there when my kids were little for my own reasons. But even now that I'm doing that, I feel guilty that I'm not working. Like I'm somehow letting down all of womanhood because I'm not working <laughs> yeah. and, doing this and that. And like, and also like, yeah, like the insane beauty standards now, which are like, 10 times worse I think with social media trying to live up this idea like all this crap and I'm like I just all the time I'm like I'm just gonna have to age like they used to in the 50s. gracefully okay. that's
4: yeah. what my husband says gracefully age, me, gracefully. It's gracefully age gracefully it's I also
2: sleep like three hours a night so it's gonna be I fun. know I'm like I mean, whatever there's filters now
3: and there's you know lights you know <laughs> yeah. sun the problem though, but I think,
0: you know, you mentioned Tabitha, your career and you stepping back. And for me, you ladies know this year has been a big shift for me in the sense of accepting what is what I can do. I am not a lawyer. However, <laughs> I've been in the same career for 30 plus years and I literally have fundamentally changed. I used to get on a stage and I'd speak for a living in front of hundreds of people. And now I'm, I'm not that person anymore. And I've, I've shifted to work from home. I'm not in an office for people anymore. And I'm really lucky that I work for the guy I work for, but you know, what I did before being a mom in my career to what I'm doing now is just so drastically different, you know, mm-hmm. and not what I thought I would be doing or, you know, it's just different, um, but it, it had to shift. There had to be a mental shift for me and really my priority. And again, like, I'm so lucky. My boss, if he calls me after like five o'clock, he's like, he'll talk for a second. Then he'll be like, well, you need, you know, you should get off and, and you should be with Kaya. I'm like, well, you dude, you're the one that called me. <laughs> 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 you pay yeah. my phone, I answer, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, but he's very much about that, that balance, which I'm so fortunate, really fortunate, but a big shift for me. A big yeah shift. you know this is all I can do this is this is all I have left in me well um, nice.
4: I saw this video I'm tired oh yeah I saw <laughs> you know it was like a comedy video or something I don't know maybe it was Jimmy Fallon or one of those but it was a lady out there on the street and she went up to all these guys and she was strictly asking them how do you do it all because that's what we get asked right women get asked that how do you do it all and all these men were like what are you talking about because (laughs) they don't have that expectation of like do it all you do it all and you don't complain about it and don't be sad about it and don't be tired and you know like you just
0: do it and I'm compulsive we all know that and I I know I mean band-aids gloves you know I'm a little compulsive but Rachel knows I can't do my day without my of steps days. of what I have to do in the morning. And it's like, I kind of laugh sometimes because I'll leave work and I'm like, I've probably done more in my morning than a lot of people do all day. <laughs> like, I'm so compulsive with that stuff. But there's also that, who's going to do it?
1: Laundry <laughs> right. doesn't fold itself. What about you, Rachel? I think that expectations are a bunch of <laughs> too. I have mm-hmm. to say, I've had a really bad week and I have just faced like the reckoning of my expectation versus my ability versus my ego versus my hope versus my goals and my actual possibilities. I think that I worked really hard through the course of the last seven years with C to adjust my sales. In this past year, my family, meaning my husband, Billy, myself, and Celie have worked hard to work together and to get real about what is, and. Yet, I was struggling totally alone. This week, I um, I had to call my dad as a lifeline to make sure that I didn't hurt myself this week. This week, I'm 39 years old. I'm accomplished. I'm spiritual. I'm goal-oriented and flexible. And I had such a different dialogue inside myself about what I should be doing than what I would portray to any of you guys who are asking for help. And it just came crashing down um, this week. I just can't, anyways, I'm here to say the goddamn expectations that you have inside your head, not the ones that you tell your friends about, not the ones you pin to your boards, but the ones that are deeper, the ones that the pillowcase feels, um, those are the bullshits. Mm -hmm. Those are the deep ones that'll get you. And I want, anybody listening to know that it's okay, that that voice exists. It's probably in everybody else here. It is not okay when she gets to be an out of control. bitch. Mm It is okay to not be okay. It is not okay to be dangerous. And um, for me, that line happened privately. That slope happened. Even I make eye contact with each and every one of you every single day. And I was able to hide my big struggle from even you, or maybe I thought I was, and you all knew, but listen, it's been pretty dark over here. And yet I can smile for my daughter. I could try for my husband. I could keep it from you guys. I, I, that voice inside of you where the ego collides with your ability and where all of those things come together could just go to hell because they're actually not there to serve you and it doesn't help you. And I have news. I'm a Pinterest mom because my kid does 394 tasks a day. <laughs> I'm not a Pinterest mom because I have goals in the morning or color coding or color scheming. I have a closet filled with art supplies because she does that many things in one day. So yeah. if someone was to watch my life and judge themselves against me, they'd be like, I, I don't do what Rachel does. We don't build slime. I don't like glitter. <laughs> that. I don't have a choice. So you don't know the whole story. Can I also say, I want
0: to add in for Rachel. Let's just speak yeah. for a second. Uh, Rachel doesn't sleep. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I, I, I joked about today, but my kids sleep. My kids sleep from 10 PM to I wake her up at seven 30. My kid sleeps now. Give me a lot of wood, by the way, just to knock on uh, Rachel Flanagan does not sleep. Sealy does not sleep. <laughs> we joke about blow darts taking her down and they don't take her down. <laughs> No, they don't take her down. So Rachel really doesn't sleep. And I can tell you that, and I keep using the word fundamentally, it changes you as a person. When you do not get sleep, you're a (laughs) bitch and you're not a bit. I want you to know. I don't mean you're a bitch. Serious. You are a bitch, but you're a bitch. You are tired and you're hungry and you're tired and you're grumpy and your whole world is shifting. So listen, I don't know if
1: it's Tuesday morning or Thursday night because your day never ended. You might still be in three days ago, bra. You don't know when you brushed your teeth last.
3: It's not a normal way to live. I made a comment on somebody's post today about your inner voice, and I was like, "Your inner voice is a She's mean and she's judgmental. Like nobody's ever gonna never be friends with the things
1: that I've said to myself. Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: nobody's ever gonna probably judge us more than we do it to ourselves. And sometimes you need to tell that just shut up and mind your business.
1: I am not kidding. I almost died. I, the struggle that was in me just got a little darker and a little deeper each day. I feel grateful to be here on Tuesday, the 15th of February, 2022. I feel grateful to each of you for helping me yesterday, but it takes talking for me in my mental health journey. It takes the accountability of talking about it on the last day to the people who, you know, you would never leave and hurt. In this way, which happened yesterday. My point isn't about my yesterday as much as it is that I wouldn't have been friends with the person that's in my head. I would not put up with.
2: She would have yelled at any of us if we said any of that to us If yeah. you
1: said that to yourself and I heard you, I would come for you. Does yell at us. I can hear you. <laughs> Jen, done. Stop talk, Don't talk about friend.
0: my friend that way. Like they- yeah, don't talk about my friend that way.
1: <laughs> but you know, here I am. Well and it's a, it's like every personal... time I guess it's called night when it's
4: dark yeah well, and it's like you it's easy to not talk about it I mean for me personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's easier for me to cram that sh- deep down inside and not voice the things that are so painful and so hurtful and the thoughts I have about myself and all of that, that it wrong. is hard and I love you so much for doing it to say that out loud. I mean, but it then really- today
1: the internet, I, so I wrote about it on Flannaville. I wrote privately about it on Jen's group yesterday because I just needed more accountability. I just knew that if those 58 people knew <laughs> that there'd be 58 people I'd be letting down and I made it through last night. Well, I made it through. Well, today I wrote about it on Flannaville. Now there's like a hundred comments. That's total bullshit. There's not a hundred comments. I'd love there to be a hundred <laughs> comments, but there are like 38 comments of people talking to me about how brave I am. I don't need that either. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear that your sister-in-law is struggling as deep and as dark as I was yesterday right now. Like you can't let friends slip away. I didn't make eye contact with anybody for the last several months. I only hung out with people at Celie's birthday party that were going to look at her, not me. I've avoided contact with people for the fear that they could see deep inside of me and understand that I shouldn't be
4: here either. Well, and what I meant by easy is so that, I want- that when you open the door, then you have people wanting you to take action. Yeah. When the door is closed, it's not easy to be in that space of the mental place that you are, It, but it doesn't create a urgency of action or taking any steps further or having to do anything else except for feel shitty about yourself or whatever the situation is. That's
1: what I meant by easy. Where when I told my dad, now I have two therapist appointments, a prescription change, the whole internet Things are moving, things
4: are moving, you know, and shaking. And sometimes you're debilitated by the fact that you feel so crappy that you can't even try and make those steps. And you guys know that suicide is very, close to my family and my personal experience and people don't think that it can be that close to you or how you're feeling or that it gets that close to the line you know what I mean I was live Sunday with my daughter smiling
1: yeah for the internet yeah I was going through the motions yeah I was going through the motions and I was successful I swindled your dumbass. <laughs> like, no pressure, no press. You don't need to carry my mental health, but I did, you know, you can, you learn to fake it. Mental health makes you learn
3: a uh, battle with yeah. mental health makes you learn to fake it. And I mean, what a shame that is. I've written about that where like depression doesn't want people to think it is at all. You know, it's, you could be sitting right next to somebody and you wouldn't know unless they mm-hmm. want you to know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know because That it's not necessarily like people are just crying nonstop and being sad. Like when I go through my darkest depression, I'm not even sad. I'm nothing. I literally am nothing. Numb. Yeah. Yeah. Numb. I don't feel. And I have to force myself to everything from getting up to you doing the bait. I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to, you know, that's just. Oh, you step shower. You step brushing your
1: hair all the extra incident, sorry, Jenta. Mm-hmm. Oh, look how disgusting. I even No, I crank mine cranks up. That's just my, it's just me. Rachel. In my. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know what day it is. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything like it. You know, it just the, I would say mental health struggle paired with the isolation of special needs life is a yeah. miserable goddamn formula. It really is
3: that's what I was going to say here are people putting you on a pedestal and saying how they don't know how you can do it and you're this super mom and going back to what Tabitha was saying uh, I think this life just causes a lot of guilt it causes a lot of insecurities feelings of inadequacy like I can't tell you how times I think like my daughter's older you know what I'm saying so now like time it feels like it's slipping away where I'm like Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that diet. I should have taken a hand. Why didn't I get at this kind of therapy? Like, this could have made a difference. Like, she, you know, because then you see somebody who's like autistic that was nonverbal and now they're verbal. And I'm like, what didn't I do? Did I not do something for my daughter? And it's just your crazy mom brain. You know what I mean? I have to say, I one of the golden parts
1: about our journey, Kimmy, just to set your mind that he's a skosh, is that all parents fuck up their kids. <laughs> it's a generational truth it's Here's a fact a of the matter and, at well, least,
3: and I think I think there's a the difference our between no messing them up and not there's a little tip for you from Rachel <laughs> not like, not like adequately all, helping them which yeah. intellectually I know that it's most likely not true be there's nothing I can do about it even if it is true I can't create therapies in technology that didn't exist yeah when yeah. she was five years old you yes. know what I mean I like intellectually I kid. know that but, like, I'm just saying there's just those parts of you that just doubt yourself and just, I, I, of course, I have that with my other children, but it's a very different level when it comes to her. And my next thing being is like, I really feel like parenting a person, a child with a disability, it really just triggers some mental health struggles for me. Okay. So I had anxiety before I had my daughter, but it was a different level after I had her. Yeah. I have I'm not blaming my depression on my daughter, but this life makes the depression harder to work through because of all the feelings, all the self-doubt, all the guilt that you face. And it's just hard. It's overwhelming. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're in the heart and when you're in the thick of it, like in Rachel, I know like you are with Celie, I'm not anymore, but like, I can just have a bad day and it brings me back so fast, you know? I really feel like there's just like a mental health component to mothering special needs. You know, it's just, it, there's a financial burden. There's just the isolation mm-hmm. and like Tabitha said, the feelings of insecurity and in, you know, you you're responsible for this person. And it's like, you don't always know that. Do you do this? Do you do ABA? Do you not do ABA? Do you do speech therapy? Do you do it five times a week? Right, It's not out? a
1: matter of a dance studio just, or, or a different dance studio. It's like big
3: what are you doing? What's happening with the other kids? They're growing up in waiting rooms. Like there's so much to it. And it's, it's hard to know the right thing to do. And I just feel like that pressure is just constant, constant. And I really, I do think it really does affect your, your mental health. I don't know how you guys I think that
1: hypervigilance takes a certain, like it's taxing. Hypervigilance is necessary with all of our children, whether in a hard day or not to make sure that they're going to be safe, to make sure that they are safe in the very present moment, to make sure that there's no potential struggle coming, moving forward, whether that's like environmental or whatever. Hypervigilance is taking energy from the buckets that I use to take care of myself, to keep, like I, I can only, there's only so much give. So yes, I understand that whole oxygen, air tank, care for your kid, but I just proved that's anyway. My daughter was cared for Sunday. Well, she was at respite, which was another problem. I'll tell you just out loud calm time has been gifted to our family by way of the children's mental health caseworker. We have respite twice a month. It's, it's, it's like a very fragile time because when you get the chance to sit down after you haven't, after the hypervigilance, after the no sleep, after the whatever, that in your head starts judging louder. Like when life is quiet, it is a brutal space. Like I would rather have all the dang jobs. At least then I'm still doing them because I never not show up for Sealy. But I'll yeah. quit showing up for me. I, I just think that hypervigilance, Kim, really kicks into that formula you're talking about.
3: Well, and then you when you add in, like Jen had said earlier, when you add in the no sleep on top of it, like, I mean, there's nothing that can trigger anxiety the way not sleeping can. I mean, it just can just mess you up so bad, and then it, you're irritable, you don't have patience, then you're guilty, like, about that. I feel guilty <laughs> about having depression, yeah. you know, like, it's I just have, irrational, I have a, you feel guilty about that. marriage, I have, you know, four healthy children, granted, Alyssa does have a disability, but she's healthy, I have three typical children that I've gotten to parent, like, I have, you know, a lot in my life that I shouldn't be depressed, and it doesn't work that way, I know that, but I'm just saying, look, then you just feel like, you know like right. what are you doing like what do you what are you depressed about but it's like for me personally I oh, don't oh that get question depressed I wish I could cut thing.
1: that question out yeah, of life I don't get dep- what are you depressed well, I about it's, it's actually it's
3: been
1: a disorder. nobody well, ever asked that again
0: roof over my head like yeah I, you know I, I we have food I have a good job I've got my kid is healthy you know outside of, of all of what what happens but and it's not that, you know, it's like you go down this kind of rabbit hole of it and it's yeah. not like you're feeling sorry for yourself, but it's like, and I, please, typical parents, I <laughs> don't, I don't mean that, but I often have to, I really struggle with seeing someone post on Instagram, like, oh, gosh, she just doesn't stop, you know, it just something so typical. And I get this Emotion of you have no idea how lucky you are. This kind of anger kind of comes about me, and I've not always handled it well. I know, imagine that. Um, but this sort of jealousy just kind of flows through my blood. Like seriously, your road kid has the to me. Yeah. your kid has the whole world ahead of her, at her fingertips. My kid can't cross the road. Let's back it up a little, and then it's like, well, it's not about what. Mine versus yeah. yours, you know, and I have to remind myself of that all the time because
3: I struggle well, with
0: it really hard.
3: And I really well, felt like I really understand those feelings, but then now I have two typical daughters, right? So then it's yeah. like, I know what a gift that is because of it. And still, I can't stand them. I completely, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so hard. It's so hard. And, um, and then you know, people, are I saying, wish that's all I had to worry about. I you don't know, know how you do it. You're a super mom. And You're like, no, I'm really not. Like, the face. <laughs> you know, um, no, I'm a struggle bus and I want to hit you. And I think, <laughs> I feel like what could happen too is um, for me, I'm, um, you know, everybody is different, but when you're internalizing all this stuff and when you're going through this head, it kind of makes you miserable. I mean, it turns me into a pretty <laughs> person sometimes. I sometimes won't be the nicest person. You know, I could be judgmental, negative. And I, I don't even mean it. It's just that everything is so much that it just has to, it has to come out somewhere. I usually um, mean it,
0: but I, it does come I, out. <laughs> well,
3: and then it's like, I always complain about other people that are negative. It's like, uh, I can be the same way. So it's like, I think that, I think that aspect is really hard. I don't think people really know all the things that we go through, you know, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. And it's not that I even mean it. It's just, I just get so irritated and so annoyed quickly at like trivial things because I feel like we're carrying so much weight on us. I have That's a friend real. That has, sorry, I can feel heavy. children.
0: not digging you. I just want to be clear. Not digging you. Want to see the four kids? <laughs> but she actually said to me, Well, this isn't a competition. I have four children. And I was like, mm-hmm. And your four kids are typical, and your two year old knows not to run in front of the traffic. And your four kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna to go to college and you're gonna have a prom and they're gonna have this typical. I mean, and this all runs through my head in a five second rate, you know, block of yeah, you've got this hard in this chunk. And I know it sounds like I'm minimizing it, and and I'm really not. I'm just saying that the difference in the hard makes me better.
4: Yeah. Which is it's- part of what we're talking about, is like. Our experiences create feelings that we can't control sometimes. You can't control all of the feelings that are taking up space in your life, period. You can't. And the idea that we can be everything to everyone all the time and not have feelings about it and not ha- being bitter and not being sad and not being exactly. potentially to our husband's or other people living in our home, Um, (laughs) is is it unrealistic? It's unrealistic. So we should love who we are today. Quit trying to be somebody you are not. Yeah. I will tell myself that.
2: Talk about like my, like, how we're doing. Like my problem is I, I bottle it all up and then I explode. Like, that's just how I do it. And it's all, Mm -hmm. and everything I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then I'll explode Usually, on my husband. until
1: you like, purge it out three months later. And you're like, Oh, and, oh, that's and I problem.
2: really shut down. Like, I mean, yeah. you guys probably noticed, like I just shut down sometimes and I don't really talk to anyone and I'm just upset. Like the holidays were a lot like that for me this year, but like knowing that I can talk to you guys or talk to other people and, and not doing that, like letting, letting people know and relating to other people. And I feel like being real Surrounding myself with women like you that are real and that are also struggling and are honest about it and not just looking at like, if there's someone on social media who looks like they're living the perfect life to you and makes you feel crap about yourself, don't follow them. Don't, yeah. follow them. you have control over that. If there's someone in your life that is always putting like this perfect idea out there and making you feel bad about yourself to build themselves up, like cut that person out of your life. Like, Listen, if you want to see a I show, it. I
0: am your girl. We are your women, okay? <laughs> yes. We that's keep more. this for us. <laughs> and In that's like you
2: love for yourself. It's like, don't try to match these ideas, like whether you're a, a parent of a disabled child or not.
3: It's, it's not even like necessarily just the Pinterest moms. It's like, now you see all these other moms with special needs children, and you're like, how are they doing? How are they doing these photo shoots? How are they doing? They're able to do all this stuff, and like, oh look, you know, their kid has clothes on. And of course, people are only showing a portion. On you know what I mean? They could it's be, you know, the kids could be losing their minds two seconds after that picture was taken. I mean, I've been there. You know what I mean? It's like, but I think that's hard sometimes too, because then it's like it just it does just make you just feel a little bit more inadequate sometimes. And I feel like it's especially when you're already kind of having those feelings already. And it could be another time that it couldn't it wouldn't phase me. Like my kids cuter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I build this um sarcastic humorous filter mm-hmm. into my oh, life yeah. sometimes to protect myself. So yeah. I'll say like oh that lady's shirt is so cute in her clean car with her typical kid sitting behind her safe in a vehicle. She's gotta be a real trashy cook. And she's probably got, I mean, I just built some bullshit in. I just built, you know, like when you see a nice, a person smiling, it's like arm candy, sexy couple. And then I just imagine that that's his cousin. They can't possibly be two sexy people, arm in arm. That's just genetics, that's their cousins. They're just arm and they're just Just Italian. They're just cousins. I just lie. I lie to myself. Clearly, it works so well that I was suicidal two days ago. I just want to let you know. I don't always (laughs) suggest. We love you, Rachel.
4: But yes, we do love you. We're just saying be kind to yourself and love your real you. Be the love your real self. And And, and people can only help you
1: with what you're presenting. You guys Mm -hmm. would have done anything to help me if I had actually told you what I was going through. We could have started my therapy three weeks ago if I had gotten real with my damn self and shown you guys. But if you're not showing people, nobody will help you. You don't get a lifeline if you don't look like you're drowning. If you don't holler out like, oh, my legs are getting tired. I can no
3: longer withstand this, you know, drowning scene scenario. And what I wanted to say too, as much as we could be miserable and and negative, we also are very empathetic people. And I think having living this life also grows that in people that maybe I kind of naturally have that. And I've always been that way, but I think that it, it develops more because Mm -hmm. you really can understand. So if there's somebody struggling, if there's somebody who, you know, needs a helping hand, we are the first ones to be there to grab that hand. We are the first ones to be there to listen, to help in any way that we can. I think that's just another really big part of it, helping moms that are just, coming into it. And this is part of the reason that we, you know, we do this podcast, podcast because we yeah. you know we know the feelings. We know how big they are. We know how heavy they are. And you never know what our episodes are. Funny episodes turn serious, our serious ones turn funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> they just take a life of their own, but we really do understand and want to help. You and know, if you, you want to help
1: people in your life at home and you don't have a podcast and you're not a blogger, just start sharing your truth your real true self. It will help women around you. You'll inspire people. My strength has made other people strong.
4: And sometimes in the natural experience, we're just yes, it has trying been. the best we can, trying the best we can. We're trying the best we can. And sometimes we are uh,
3: not perfect. We're not and perfect. I think it's hard sometimes to show those chips in your armor. Like, I know that's hard for me, you know, because you build this i don't know it's a very to build this strength and when those chips start to show it, it, it's like you're off you're afraid you're gonna crumble so it's like yeah. that's why sometimes i feel like we as special needs moms moms in general wives women try to you know keep that armor up because we know once it starts chipping and once we lose the grip it's yeah once it's out of our control, we can't do that. You know, we got to get up and take care of the kids and you got to do all the things you got to do. And, you know, it just, you know, it makes it, like Tabitha said, unrealistic. Yeah. yeah.
0: So in that okay. uplifting moment.
1: Uh- yes. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.
0: Thanks. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, next
1: Thanks is Storytellers. Listening. And it's great. It is Sibling. great. Yes. Sibling love. Yep. Yeah.
2: yep. Check us next week, people we'll be here happy monday everyone bye thank you for joining us at the table for episode three of our ninth series all the love if you are enjoying the podcast and listening on apple podcast we would appreciate if you could rate and review us make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram you can email us at table for five podcast at gmail.com new episodes every monday join us next week for more
3: bye